Welcome to the World Missionary Press podcast. This podcast features special guests, exciting testimonies, evangelistic strategies, and updates from around the world. For more information about World Missionary Press, check out our website at wmpress.org. Hi, everyone. I'm Joe Chadburn, the Ambassador Network Director here at World Missionary Press. I'm with my friend Steve Bakos, missionary to Nicaragua, the founder of the Messiah Project, and just a wonderful brother who's doing so much wonderful work throughout the years using our materials. Welcome, Steve. Great to be here with you. Okay. Now, just for those, we've done quite a few interviews, but for those who have never heard about you, can you tell them a little bit about uh, the Mosquito Indians and your relationship with World Missionary Press, how that came into existence, and then we'll kind of proceed into what's happening right now in 2021. Sure, yeah. uh, I first became acquainted with World Missionary Press literature um, about 1990. I was uh, working down in Mexico, building churches, and came across the literature, and we began using it in the evangelistic outreach uh, for over 12 years in Mexico. And when the Lord uh, called us out of Mexico to Nicaragua um, in 2003, I was contacted again by World Missionary Press, and they had told me they were looking for somebody to help translate uh, some of the scripture booklets into the Mosquito language. And would I help? And I said, of course, because I've seen the, the benefits, the impact, and, and the, the simplicity, but the beauty of the uh, booklets and how people respond to them, and they're easy to grasp. And so uh, that kind of began that process, and uh, back and forth with the translation forms, uh, long story short, in November of 2004, the Word of God came to the uh, Mosquito Indians along the Rio Coco River in Nicaragua because it had been a region void of the Word of God uh, for forever. Uh, a region where there was a lot of witchcraft, where there was a lot of darkness, and, and it was just uh, the poverty was there, but what really tugged at my heart was a, an area void of the Word of God. And so since that time, we've been using the literature. Uh, it's used in schools. It's used uh, in, in businesses and your display boxes. And the impact has just been tremendous. How He has been opening people's eyes, how the questions are arising. And, and uh, it's just been marvelous to see the impact of those booklets. Wonderful. The more I talk to people like all around the world that I interview and sure. different friends, a theme that seems there seems to be a common thread during this whole pandemic situation mm -hmm. that perfect love is literally casting out all fear in, in so many places. Could you kind of share how that relates uh, to you and to, uh, to the people of Nicaragua? Sure. Well, uh, Nicaragua, like the rest of the world, has been captivated, if you will, imprisoned by a spirit of fear. And and so here the scripture booklets can bring to remembrance or to light in people's lives that God's not given us that spirit of fear, but a power love and a sound mind. And so with that, the, the booklets enable us 
to share more of God's word with the people. And, you know, as, as we know, that which the enemy uh, intends for bad, God can turn into good. And the fear factor, the hesitation, the all the unsettledness in life that those bring, uh, the word of God also brings light. It brings hope. It bring, brings direction. And it's a life-changing uh, impact uh, there in Nicaragua. Mm. Now, do you find that uh, we discussed this a little bit earlier as far as that, the words of our mouth, our conversation, what we're dwelling on, what we're talking about, have an impact on our families, our social circles, and even nations. What's what's your take Ab- on that? Absolutely. Well, the scriptures teach us that words are seeds. Mm-hmm. And uh, as believers, we should be careful as to the words we're sowing, because we can sow words of fear, of words of despair, words of discouragement, or words of hope, of life, and light. Mm-hmm. And that's it within our power to do. Mm-hmm. But we must be consciously aware that that's what we're called to do. We're called to be light, and we're called to be salt. And so, you know, salt in, in physical use is something that, that enhances that flavor of what's already there, you know, like on a piece of celery or something. And so the words we sow can can bring that that enhancement into people's lives. It can it can change the conversation. It can change the dynamic. It can change despair into hope. You know, it can change darkness into light. And that's within our power to do. Wonderful. I know Messiah Project. Of course, it's it's a Jesus thing, a Jesus ministry, Amen. and uh, both feed people spiritually and. Physically, yes. Have you been able to provide physical sustenance even through this uh, this whole COVID fiasco? With the Lord's help, we have. Um, there's been challenges as there is throughout the world with with shipping and 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 just logistics in general. But through that all, the Lord has been faithful to provide uh, the food for the feeding program. Uh, and He's made ways where there is no way to get the food to the people that the message. Uh, of the love of Jesus, you know, is not in any way hindered. And for people that that, that lack the the uh, educational or opportunities to understand uh, more of how the world operates because they live in such a remote region, the simple message of, of a plate of food and the reminder that Jesus loves you is a lasting impact. Wonderful, wonderful. Yeah. Now, I know that you've been ministering to the, the Mosquito Indians for quite some time and uh, yes. dug out canoes at the Rio Coca River and taking scripture booklets and sharing. Um, what's happening with the indigenous population once they hear the gospel as far as churches, the ecclesia being, being established right. there? And how have you seen maturity through the years uh, in that realm? Well, like I said, back in 2003, when the Lord opened the door for us to go there, it was a region of total darkness, you know, totally dominated by witchcraft. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the introduction of the scripture booklets, as I've shared in years past, was like light penetrating the veil of darkness. And then the penetrations became larger and larger. And in that sense, understanding a different perspective of God began to develop in the region. And when you're working in a in a in an indigenous uh, people group that have a very low educational rate, it's it's a matter of of example. It's a matter of time and patience, mm-hmm. and they can see that it that it's real, that it's true. Uh, they can see that the words that you shared years ago are the same words you share today, and they're bearing fruit. So little by little, it begins to develop an understanding, and with that. 
people have been more open to the gospel. I shared in, in years past that, you know, we traveled the river on 12-day trips, handing out scripture booklets, showing the Jesus film, house-to-house uh, -house ministry, and handing out the booklets. We did that almost four years before we saw the first salvation. Mm -hmm. But since that time, all those words sown have begun to bear fruit. And now every month there are salvations. Every month there's baptisms. Uh, and the Lord is establishing churches. We don't build churches. We share the gospel and the Lord burst the church. Mm -hmm. It's a spiritual church. Mm -hmm. They will make a brush arbor. They will make a place mm -hmm. to worship out of out of the rain. And, and we just simply come bringing the word and sharing and, and just uh, encouraging the people to follow. So it uh, sounds like a very organic thing like you like <laughs> it is what it sounds for lack of a, a better term yeah. it's like a very organic thing and quite you know first century when they even met in homes and just Absolutely. groups are just meet in different places even sure. in, in catacombs at times or where, wherever yes. uh, and um yeah i think i think sometimes without all the fanciness and some of the structure and different mm -hmm. things that uh, yeah. that we've tacked on in the west i'm not saying all those things are bad but i think there's something about I say the simplicity of Christ, the simplicity of the gospel, yes. the simplicity of people getting together and, and just where nobody's a big shot, where it's all about Jesus and every yes. member can be a part of the family, have right. a seat at the table, be a joint of supply, as Ephesians 4 says, and right. we can build each other up and grow up into him. Absolutely. Uh, I think that's uh, I think that's really powerful. And that's that's what you're what you're seeing there. It is, and, and it's just what you said. It, in reality, it is the simplicity of the gospel. The gospel is powerful, and it's simple, and it was meant for everyone to understand. We do have a tendency sometimes in Western culture to complicate it, but the fruit that we're seeing is just what you've talked about. It is the simplistic message of the power of God, the love of God, the mercy of God that penetrates the heart of the people because the anointing of God accompanies his truth. Wonderful. And as that truth penetrates, it, it changes hearts. Wonderful. Yes. Billions have yet to receive the gospel, but you can make a huge difference by serving with World Missionary Press as a spare-time, part-time, or full-time volunteer ambassador from your own hometown. For more information, check out our ambassador website at wmpambassadors.org. If you have enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and tell a friend. Our president, Harold Mack, and the entire staff at World Missionary Press deeply appreciate your love, prayers, and support. Thanks for listening. Have a blessed day.